What's going on, guys? James Camacho here. This is Kicking It With Camacho. How you guys doing? Real quick, let's do some plugs. Let's do some earplugs to start the podcast off. Um, I'm going to be saying it at the beginning of every episode until the special taping's over. August 10th, Comic Strip Live. Get your tickets. Tickets are moving. We did the announcement about a boot eight days ago, and we sold uh, some tickets. A good amount. I'm impressed with uh, the amount of people that have been uh, generous enough to purchase a ticket. Um, if you haven't already, and if you live in the New York City area, August 10th, Thursday, um, get your tickets at jamescomantra.com. Or, if you're feeling sexy and gay, you can go to thecomicstriplive.com. Uh, Is it thecomicstriplive.com or comicstriplive.com? That's always, uh, it's always tricky when you got a the in the beginning of your um, company name. It's comicstriplive.com if you want to get your tickets there. And, uh, yeah, please come. I'm, uh, I'm excited. I'm nervous. Not for the taping exactly um i think i got the material down i probably have too much material if i'm being honest humble brag i'm just uh, nervous about getting people out there i would love to add a second show so we can get some coverage um coverage by coverage i mean like uh for film tv coverage like i don't mean coverage like like clothes you know I mean, film TV coverage, because if we do the second show, if uh, there are things we need to retake for the first show, we can get coverage from it from the second show. Does that make sense? Do you get do you do you now know a little more film jargon than you did before? Hmm? Do you guys want to know what the term the film TV on set term television sitcom term for a bathroom is? Do You guys want to know? It's uh, Desi and, ooh, what's the other term for it? So when you're on a set, there are like um, trailers and stuff, right? So usually film sets, film TV sets, they have a trailer specifically for bathrooms. And instead of calling it the male restroom, female restroom, or all gender neutral restroom, they call it Desi and something else. Let me look it up here. Um... Let's see, film, TV, bathroom. It's like Desi is and something else. Yes, on-set terminology. The honey wagon. That's what the bathroom is called on a film TV set. Honey wagon. So if let's say you're you're shooting a movie and um, you're you're trying to find out where the bathroom is when you're on set. And you're talking to the crew. Instead of saying bathroom, you go, where's the honey wagon? It's weird, but that's just how it is. And the, I would assume the male bathroom is the Desi and the female bathroom is the Lucy. It's very weird. So, like, I don't know if you ever, like, um, especially if you're in New York, sometimes you walk by film sets. If you ever see a gigantic trailer um, with, like, the bathroom sign, it won't say male. It'll say Desi and it'll say Lucy for woman. Whatever. All right. So, a little film terminology 411. I used to do background work for like, god damn it, four or five years. So I'm uh, I'm privy to all this bullshit. So uh, yeah. Um, also, more tour dates coming up. Um, I'm going to be in Fort Lauderdale 
I think this Blue Steel Pizza Ria or some shit on July 20th. That's a Wednesday if I'm... No, that's a Thursday. That's next Thursday. And then I'm going to be at the Comedy Inn in Miami Friday, Saturday, July 21st, 22nd. I may have another headlining show on the 24th that's still uh, being negotiated. And then the week after that, I'm in Austin, Texas, Saturday, July 29th, Roscoe's Comedy Club. I need to start promoting. Is that next week? Holy shit, that is next week. Man, time flies when you're uh, you're gay. Um, yeah, so Roscoe's Comedy Club, July 29th. And then August 4-5, I think it is, or 3-4. Boy, my, I am terrible at plugging my own dates. Um, August 4-5, I'm going to be at City Steam Hartford in Connecticut. And then the taping's August 10th. And then after that, San Diego, August 20th. And then uh, more shit. A lot more shit coming up. I'm touring all over the country. Check everything out at jamescamacho.com for details and tickets. All right. Enough of the plugs. Enough of bragging about myself, even though there's really not much to brag. Um, mm, liquid cocaine. So I just want to say uh, thank you to everyone that came out to the show at uh, Comedy Catch in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um I, I'm really touched, you know, and I don't mean touched by what your, uh, you know, what a Catholic priest does. I mean, touched as in like, I feel loved, like family, friend, uh, fan love. Like I'm like, I'm starting to get some fan love. It's pretty unbelievable. Um, I, and it's not an impressive number, but um, we got, you got to start somewhere, right? Had about 32, 33 people buy tickets to come see me. Um, this past Sunday at the Comedy Catch in Chattanooga. Um, great club, by the way. Beautiful club. Um, really got a nice southern vibe there. Um, it is run by this uh, lady, Danielle, and her father. Um, they couldn't they couldn't be more nicer and more accommodating and, and sweeter. And, um, yeah, I had a really, a really good time. I mean, I'm blown away. Um, first off, it's like, you know, people paying money to come see me that's already like crazy you know like there's like monetary value into what i'm doing it just blows my mind um so it's a little nerve-wracking because people come and pay money and you want to give them a good show but you know i got on like i got so the host who's this uh really funny cat steven henry he's a a tampa born comic who moved to chattanooga very funny guy, very cool jokes. Little awkward. He's a he's kind of a introverted kind of guy, but that well, you know I am too. So we kind of connected on that. It was fun because after every uh, show, I'd be like, "Hey man, just just you know, it, 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 I know you hate people, but uh, let me know if you want to hang out. Let me know if I'll I'll be the exception, you know." And then he was always like, "Yeah, I hate people, and uh, you're not an exception." <laughs> um, but I got him. I, I beat him down. You know, because by, you know, Friday, Saturday, I was asking him to hang out and he was saying no. But then by Sunday, we we, uh, we got a pre-show meal. And um, yeah, very funny guy. He brings me up on stage, man. And like, it was one of the, I think it's like the second time, because I've been doing the road for like five, six years now. I was featuring for about five of those years. I'm now I'm starting to headline. And this is like the second time that I did a show 
where I could tell people were there to see me. So Steven calls me up, I go on, and then you just had that huge pop of like, yeah, there's the guy, woo, in the flesh, he's uglier than he looks in person, online, ah, and um, man, I, 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 it was just so, I, could, I just like, maybe I'm delusional, but I, I could just feel it, I could feel the, the, there's the guy, yes, and then, you know, I get on stage, and um, I asked the crowd, <laughs> God damn, I, I'm, I'm so over the place, but like, I asked the crowd, like, if they were like local to Chattanooga, and it turns out like pretty much like 70% of the crowd had driven like hours to come see me. Like there was some group of people from Memphis that drove five hours, um, a couple people from Nashville that drove two hours, and then just other people that drove just, just a few hours to come see me, and I just like, I can't believe it, man. Just the thought of like people in a car and in their mind, they're thinking of my dumb half Chinese, half Puerto Rican face. And they're like, we can't, we, we're going, we're going. It's like, it's so, it's so humbling, man. It's, it's, uh, it's crazy. And you know, what's funny too. It's like, I'm kind of known online for like being the Chinese Puerto Rican guy, you know, like I, I must've put like a hundred of these TikToks out where I'm just like, I'm Chinese and Puerto Rican. So uh, I don't know whether to be quiet or loud, you know, I have all these like little quick, cute jokes. And it's so funny that I know people come out from those videos. And when I tell a joke about being Chinese and Puerto Rican, and I say I'm Chinese and Puerto Rican, I just, it's like, it's like, I could feel the like connection. Like, I don't know. I feel like I feel kind of like a like an automated robot, like a like a like a like a voice machine in a way. But I it, it's just like I don't know. It's almost like when you tell a joke, you know, someone's already heard. It's weird. That is kind of the scary thing, though, about having people coming on see you. You're scared that they've seen. It's weird to do material that you know you've put out already. You know, like I have this one joke about like, you know. Um, and it's a true story. Some guy was, you know, a lot of people will like be like, oh, if you're Chinese and Puerto Rican, then obviously your dad's Puerto Rican because Chinese guys can't get Puerto Rican girls. Right. And um, I, w- I remember I did the joke on Sunday, my headlining show. And uh, I just felt like in my mind, I'm like, ah, oh, shit, like I, I know this is out there. Like, maybe what if they heard this already? You know, and then you're just scared. It's not going to get a laugh. So I would just caution anyone. Um, caution. Um, if you're like a comedian that's trying to sell tickets and tour and shit, I guess be a little wary of what you put out there because if you're going to put up all your jokes, um, just write new ones. That's all I'm saying. Make sure you got a good chunk of material. Can you see my legs? Is that weird? Oh, you can. Ooh. All right. Uh. Anyways. Anyways. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah. So thanks all 33 people that came out. Uh, I would say like five, six of them wrote to me after saying they had a great time. Um, yeah, I mean it's pretty, it's pretty special, man. I I feel like I'm doing it. I feel like I'm a real, goddamn comedian. Like I have a fan base and people want to come see me. And um, this is the dream, man. And there's only thirty people at this fucking show, but hopefully, um, hopefully we you know we build, you know. So yeah, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, Austin. Hartford, yada, yada, yada. Come out, see me. Um, other than that, the show was a lot of fun. I featured, so 
I featured Friday, Saturday. For people that don't know comedy jargon, um, there's a, a headliner who is the guy that's billed. He does a 45-minute set at the end. And then there's openers, right? So the person that goes up first is the host. And then he brings up the next comic, the feature. And then after the feature is done with his set, um, the host will then bring up the headliner, right? Host usually does about 10 minutes. Feature does about 20, 25. And then the headliner does 45 to an hour of uh, material, right? Or show, whatever. Material, crowd work, whatever. And on Friday, Saturday, I was featuring... And I'm happy to say this, another career goal or career accomplishment check box, whatever. Um, That was uh, this past weekend at the Comedy Catch was my last feature dates that I have booked. There are no more feature dates after this. Those are the last ones. So from now on, unless I'm going to open for like a big celebrity star, um... I'm just a headliner on the road. I don't feature anymore. You know? Sorry to break it to your clubs out there, but your boy, ain't, your boy ain't featuring anymore. Your boy's a fucking star. Your boy draws 30 people a show, all right? Know who you're dealing with. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a big uh, career accomplishment. And um, it was funny because, um, you know, when you start headlining and stuff, there is a different energy you go in. Like when you're headlining, it's like your show. You kind of got to be the alpha and um, you make all the rules, right? Like you can dictate if the openers uh, need to be clean or dirty. You dictate whether they can sell merch or not. And I'm cool. You know, I don't give a shit about what the openers do. I don't give a shit if they want to sell merch. I've had people, I've had openers sell merch and they make more money than I do because they have better merch than me, you know? And they like, you know, they're, they're better salesmen. And uh, I don't give a shit. I don't, I don't fucking care. Um, to me, it's just about comedy. Like as long as I um, am the you know give the best set of the night and and the show on a bang, I don't care. So, um, when you start headlining, you become like the guy. It is kind of weird to kind of go from like the guy to like I don't want to say the bitch, but like the the lesser tier, the lesser respected uh, comedian on the show, right? But you know, like I said, it's my last one. I booked it out like a couple, like a year in advance. So, um, and then I'm headlining Sunday, so it's like whatever. I'll uh, I'll just go through with it. And I've had very few like bad experiences with headliners. Um, like the worst it's been is like I remember I opened for this one comedian. It was actually one of my first feature weekends. Ever it was at the Comedy Works in Saratoga Springs. I won't say who the comedian was, but it was a female comic, which narrows it down to thirteen comics. Um, <laughs> but uh, I did my set, and like she just did not talk to me whatsoever the whole weekend. Like she was just cold to me. It's like it's like if, as if I said something on stage, or she just didn't like me, or maybe she just wasn't was in a bad mood and she didn't want to be there. So. Um, I remember that kind of being awkward, you know, like I maybe said like four words to her the whole weekend, you know. Um, but this weekend, the headliner was uh, and this wasn't a bad experience by anyways, but it was just another one of those like most times you, you work with someone, the headliner is like, yo, man, what's up? Good set. Or, you know, if you have a bad set, they go, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you, you, you got to get better. You need to fix that. Like, there's still there's some kind of connection, right? They ask you how your day was, what's going on, if you want to get a drink, if you want to hang out, right? 
Um, the guy that I opened for this weekend was uh, definitely just one of those, like, I want to do my set and I want to go home. Like, I just don't want to mingle with the openers, right? Which is totally fine. But uh, on the first show, Friday, I'm, um, you know, I, I'm just getting into town. I'm trying to figure out, like, local, I guess, references. So I do this wherever I go, whenever I go on the road. I go on Google, and I type in, like, uh, what's this town known for, right? So I type into Google, what's Chattanooga known for? And, you know, all this shit comes up. Like, um, there's a song that's named after the town. There's a, a specific uh, snack that's, like, created in this town called the Moon Pie. So I look up at this, you know, um, whatever this snack is, and then later on stage I bring it up. And, like, the Moon Pie is just, like... it. It, it, it's like a chocolate marshmallow snack, right? But if you look at a picture, it kind of looks like that ice cream sandwich. So when I was on stage, I said like, uh, oh, like, you know, um, her, you guys are known for the moon pie. And just like, um, on behalf of every stoner in the world, thank you. You know, just your usual bullshit, pandering bullshit. And I didn't know. Apparently, it was, it was a marshmallow. Um, I said ice cream. And, um, I made a couple other like, uh, local references and I got to admit, like, you know, when you're in a new town, also you're down South. So I, I, I'm very, you know, seldomly down South and like, um, you know, you, you start thinking like, you know, I'm this New York guy coming into the, the South. Like, are they going to be politically, you know, red? Or are they going to see like, there's, there are places in the country where you go, Oh, like, uh, I'm from New York and, they immediately hate your guts. You know, they think you're a liberal cuck. They think you're like some some vegan. They think you're like, you know, all woke and shit. And um, so I was a little nervous about that. Um, so, you know, it's the first show and I'm just trying to get my setting. I'm trying to, you know. Also, like, again, it's like when you're not the guy, when you're the opener, you got to like, you feel like you have to contain yourself a little bit. You know, like you feel like you can't be too dirty. You can't do too much crowd work because you don't want to fuck it up for the headliner. Right. So. It's just not the most fun position to be in. Anyways, so I make these local references. I do a couple jokes, um, and the headliner goes up and immediately just starts shitting on me. He literally goes, the fucking New York guy came in trying to pander to you with his boom pies. Fucking idiot. They're marshmallows, you piece of shit. And then like he started saying, like, you know, oh, the minute we heard he was from New York, you know, we all started rolling our sleeves up like we should kick his ass. And like it, it was pretty insane because um, it's killing like he's just murdering. You know, it's like the, the it's like his crowd, too. And it's like a bunch of people with like southern accents. And like he's making all these like Tennessee, Mississippi, Alabama references. He's just fucking murdering and he's just shitting on me, murdering. It's kind of it's kind of embarrassing. It's kind of a, a little emasculating, you know, and I, I had a I had a pretty good set, too. So like you have a decent set. There was a little bit of awkwardness in it. Um, but yeah. And then he just starts trashing me. And then like, at first I'm like, okay, he's, you know, making fun of me. Like maybe he's like, that's his thing. He's like the mean comic guy, whatever. Like a Nick DiPaolo. I don't give a shit. But then like, you know, he does the moon pie shit on me reference. And then he shits on me for being from New York. And then I'm like, and then, then he's like inferring like, oh, you know, now we should teach him a lesson, like rolling up the sleeves. So I'm like, all right, so you shit on me for the references. I get. I'm pandering. I'm a, I'm a piece of shit. Then he does the thing about um, New York and kicking my ass. I'm just like, all right, that's 
you know, what if you like that? That that's where it kind of gets a little weird because like it's almost like you're kind of inciting the crowd now to like yeah like, like you know, and then later I do this joke about um, that's a joke I really don't you know it's funny too it's like he was shitting on me but he was like kind of right. <laughs> There's nothing worse than when someone shits on you about something you do that you're like in denial about, and then they bring it up and then people agree and then you're like fuck, I hate myself. So I have this joke where, like, my girlfriend, um, she's, like, complimentary when I uh, clean the house and, like, do the dishes and shit. And I was telling my friend that, like, uh, you know, that's what turns her on. But then my friend's like, you're an idiot. Like, those things don't turn her on. That's just her method to get you to do those things. It's, it's a hacky bit, but, it, like, it kills. It kills in, like, dumb rooms, you know? Like, I divide the... I, when I go on the road, I divide crowds into two types of crowds. It's people that are dumb, living 30 years in the past, and there's people that are, like, up-to-date and, like, are more contemporary-minded, right? So anytime I go to a dumb room where it's, like, your marriage material, your Asian voice, your fucking, uh, you know, I hate my wife jokes, all murder, that joke always works. But then when I do contemporary rooms, it never works, right? Whatever. So... I stereotype the room. I'm like, oh, right, we're down south. They're hicks. They should like this. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he shit on me for that. And then he, he, he says something that this is where I was like, all right, does this guy, like, have a problem with me? He goes, that, you know, he's basically saying that joke was stupid and it makes no sense. He's like, yeah, dude, like, if she liked, um, if she liked guys that cleaned, then she would fuck a janitor. And now it's like, okay, so first you say, I'm pandering, which I agree with. Two, you know, you say I'm I'm a New York cuck, liberal, whatever. We should, you know, I should get my ass kicked. All right. Now we're, you know, we're getting a little bit dicey. And then you talk about my girlfriend fucking other people. Now I'm just like, all right, dude. It's like now, now, now we're kind of getting the boundaries, you know? Like, and listen, I, I'm not, I'm a cool guy. Like I get the whole, you know, shitting on another comic, ball busting thing. I get that, I do. But like now, it like once you start bringing in the girlfriend, the family involved, things are getting a little dicey after that, right? Um, but then he like mentioned something um, while he's shitting on me. He goes, uh, "But I like the guy," you know. So now I'm just kind of like, "All right, is he like?" I can't tell if he's this is what he does or if he actually hates my guts. So you know, after his set, you know, we'll see. Because, like, you know, if he hates me, he's not going to, you know, he's not going to talk to me. But if he's, like, just that's what he does, he's ball busting, then he'll say something, right? Um, like, you know, good. I would assume that he would go, like, oh, you know, I was just busting your balls. Like, hope that wasn't that big of a deal. Whatever, right? So, after the show, I don't see him for the rest of the night. So, after the show, he, like, disappears. And I'm not really looking for him. But, like, you know, there's, like, a comics table in the back that we were all hanging out in the beginning of the show. That uh, before the show, I mean, that I'm like, okay, like I'll probably like see him again here. He doesn't show up until like literally, I'm on stage, and then the host the, for this is the next show. So he doesn't show up until I'm on stage already for the next show, and the host transfers uh, switches comics, right? So, um, anyways, long story short, I'm kind of babbling on here, but like. I was just like, man, maybe this guy uh, really has a problem with me, you know? And it's funny, too, because I'm just thinking, like, this is my last my last feature weekend. I've been featuring for, like, five years. I've never had, like, a real issue with the headline. Like, I've never had someone, like, like uh, 
you know, I've had people treat me like shit, but I've never had someone like kind of come after me. You know what I'm talking about? Like I said, I've had people like not want to talk to me. I've had people like hate. Like I've had people that think I suck balls. Like there's this comic, um, Kevin Downey Jr., who's a pretty funny guy. And uh, when I was very new, I brought him up as uh, I was I bombed like I, I was hosting and I completely bombed. And when you bombed, you, you, you like when you bomb, you, you, it's hard for you to like think right straight. So while I was bringing him up, I called him uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. And he came up and he like wouldn't even shake my hand. And he went up there. He's like, yep, happens two times a year. And that was a uh, pretty, pretty embarrassing. And, um, you know. I've had people uh, just, like, treat me like shit, you know, like, uh, just look at me like I'm garbage. But I've never had someone, like, come after me. So I'm, like, kind of wondering, like, fuck, is this guy really, really hates my guts? Like, uh, you know. But then the next day I see him and immediately he, like, came up to me and he was like, how you guys doing? Like, how was your day? Blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Being nice. He even, like, um, he gave me kind of, like, a tag to a joke. So that all kind of died. That all kind of subsided, you know. Um Am I a cuck for that? I don't know. Because, like, he, he was kind of giving me shit. But I also know, like, this is, like, this is the world of comedians. Like, you shit on each other. And uh, you got to bust balls. Like, you know. I'm sure that's, like, you know, everyone talks about Patrice O'Neal. Like, being the ultimate ball buster. Like, the honesty guy, you know. Doesn't give a fuck. And um, I'm pretty sure, like, what he did was probably not even, like, what do you, like, what, what's the word? Close. Or on the level of what, you know, apparently Patrice O'Neill was doing, you know? Like, I feel like um, back in, like, all these old school comics talk about when they were at the comedy cellar table and they would roast each other and they would be scared to go to the table because, you know, wearing a different outfit or new new shoes or something because they would get shit on. Um, I feel like... Um, that's kind of what, like what I was thinking was like I don't want to like I want to be like a tough comic, you know what I mean? I don't want to be like some pussy comic that like cries or is gonna tell people. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Was that interesting? Anything I just said recounting that? <laughs> Anyways, my last feature weekend, I kind of um, it's a reminder why I don't I shouldn't be featuring anymore, you know. Because it's getting to the point where, like, I'm not really cool with uh, being second fiddle, you know? That's how you know in life when you should uh, when you should move on or you should go to better things. You'll, you'll feel it, you know? Like, like it's funny because, like, people always go, oh, when should I uh, get out of hosting? When should I get out of featuring, you know? Or when should I go from unpaid spots or to paid spots? Or when should I go from uh, get out of check spots to normal spots? It's like... There's no real timetable. Like, you'll know when you know. You'll have that feeling of, like, fuck, why am I doing this? Like, I deserve better. And the moment you start having that feeling, and also the moment you have those feelings and you have, like, a backup plan, you know? Like, if you're at a job that you feel like you're underpaid, it's good to feel that, like, um, feeling of, like, fuck, I deserve better. But you also want to have other prospects, you know? Because that also kind of confirms that you're right about how you feel about yourself, you know? Like, if you're like, hey, I'm the shit, like, I shouldn't be working here, I should be getting more money, but you have no offers from any other companies, then maybe you're a little delusional, you know what I mean? It's the same thing with comedy. It's like, hey, like, I, I think I should be headlining, you know? Um, I shouldn't be featuring anymore. But if you have no clubs that are headlining you, 
then maybe you still you need to like rethink that thought, you know? And I'm in the position where like I have headlining gigs like almost every week now. So um I'm right to feel that way. Anyways. So that's like kind of a wrap up on Chattanooga. Um the guy, I don't even want to say the guy's name because you know, he was a funny dude. I'll say that. I like him. He was super he was super fucking funny. And I'll just say this. He was a fucking killer, man. Um, super good jokes. Super, super. Um, he's got that thing where he's got good material, very smart, and he's also got a good like stage presence and personality. And he does like act outs. I fucking love comics, like du- dual threat comics. You know, he's like a Bill Burr. Like Bill Burr on paper, his jokes are fucking great, and then he's able to do like amazing act outs. You know, but uh, I want to say this, like. Uh, it was my first time really doing shows down south. Um, the one, the other show I did down south, I did a show in Alabama. Um, I forgot the name of the fucking place, but I think it was like Port or Fort Walton or some shit. And um, if you go on my social media and you type in like Trump uh, chant heckle heckle or something, uh, you'll see a show where I did where I I literally a ch- a, tr- a Donald Trump chant breaks out in the middle of my set. The, that's the type of fucking gig I did. Um, and this is kind of my second time, I want to say, going down south for like, so like I was a little bit like, a little on edge. Like, okay, like, are they going to be Trumpers? Are they going to be red? Uh, are they going to think I'm a piece of shit, gay, cuck, liberal for, you know, being from New York? Is my act going to come out as gay and cucky, you know, or like liberal, too liberal and too soft? And um, I got to be honest, man, like, um, you know, this is this is why it's good to be politically correct and progressive and to be smart and to read shit. It's like I couldn't have been more wrong. Like these crowds down there, you know, even though they had southern accents and um you know, they may maybe their political affiliations are different than you know, you may have up in uh New York, but they were like really really good crowds, super smart and um actually more progressive than uh, uh, I thought they would be, you know? So I hate that. uh, It's easy to judge like uh, one, uh, it's easy to judge a book by its cover. You know, you think Tennessee, Mississippi, Alabama, South, whatever. And you just think, you know, all those stupid things you see in the news. And like, um, I would just say this. It's like, uh, you got to go experience it for yourself, you know? And um, I left there thinking like, I mean, the whole area of Chattanooga is super nice too, you know, super hip. It's like got they got like bars and they got like uh, dance clubs and like um, it, it couldn't have been more like, I couldn't have been more, I guess, wrong. And I wasn't going there thinking like, this is what it's going to be. I just didn't know. You just, I just know from what I see on TV, you know? So I blame TV. I blame the popular culture. I blame the mass media, all right, for making me think that they were going to be dumb hicks. Anyways, um, no, they weren't, though. I, if anything, they were smarter than me because I had a couple bits I was throwing out there, and they were like, the crowd was like fact-checking me. It's like, so I have that one joke in my act. I don't know if I put it online before, but it's like my girlfriend's Indian and German, and I'm Chinese and Puerto Rican, so if we have kids, um, they'll get into every college. And apparently, like uh, a week ago, the Supreme Court ruled that uh, affirmative action in colleges, like... Uh, racial affirmative action is now illegal in colleges. So I was saying that joke about um, 
my kids getting into every college on stage and like the crowd was like, nope, nope, no, not anymore. So these people were actually smarter than me, these Southern people. And um, yeah, I didn't know that, dude. Uh, that's why I got to read the fucking news more. I'm, I'm so fucking insulated in my goddamn universe. Um, I, I, I don't even know what's going on in the world out there. But yeah, apparently the Supreme Court ruled against affirmative action in colleges. So now it's going to be now race doesn't play a factor in admissions. Now it's just all merit based, you know, and I'm working on a joke about it now where it's like, oh, so if it's merit based, then like in uh, five years, like 90 percent of colleges, I mean, all the colleges in the world are going to be like 90 percent Asian, you know, like the quarterback of like the the Alabama Crimson Tide will be like, you know, Tyler Patel or something. Um but yeah, that's pretty crazy, man. It's like it, it that's a tough one, the affirmative action thing. Because my first instinct is to be like, yeah, like if you're gonna, you know, recruit or do some like kind of a mission process, you should try to like uh select who's the most qualified, right? Or like uh, you know, if it's a school, you try to select the best students. You know, it's like that that makes sense, right? Like if you're going to hire someone to fix your sink, you want to hire someone that is the best plumber, right? You don't want to hire someone that's, oh, you know, I had a a white plumber last time. Let's get a black plumber here this time. You know what I mean? Like no one cares about that. They just want the job done. But, you know, that's my initial instinct, right? Because that makes kind of logically makes sense. But then if you do think about it, it's like I totally get like, why they do these things because like you know there are a lot of races that come from different socioeconomic backgrounds and they just don't they're not born with the same resources as other races so it's for sure like inequality you know what i mean so i get why um you would have these affirmative action rules you know because I mean, you, you can literally pay your way um, through college, you know? I mean, we've seen it before. Um, obviously, like, you know, I forget the name of the lady who was paying her kids, like, doing, forging all the applications. But it's like, you know, I hear about all these, like, NYU film students that are, like, um, for their thesis film, it's like the rich families will give, like, you know, give their kids, like, there's no, like, cap on the budget, I believe. I think there's just, like, a cap on, like, certain equipment you can use to make your, like, thesis films. And obviously, like, these rich families are giving their children, like, millions of dollars to do their fucking thesis films. And, like, there are other kids in the same class trying to compete, but they don't have, like, the family money, you know? So they're, like, working on, like, a $2,000 budget or whatever, right? So that's, like, that's, like, totally unfair, you know? Um... So I, I get the affirmative action and I don't know what the solution is. Like, it's just really, it's really tough, you know, because, um, on one hand, like I can't, I do understand like you want the best of the best, but on the other hand, it's like life's unfair, you know? And the only way I can kind of like kind of relate it to is like in comedy because, uh, in comedy there's all, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, if you go to like a, a showcase show, there's usually, you know, one of everyone on the show. Like, there's a white comic. There'll be, like, a straight, white, cis, male comic, whatever, right? Then there'll be a female comic. Then there'll be an LGBTQ comic. And then there'll be 
an Asian comic. There'll be a black comic. Hispanic. Like, there, there's usually a lineup will try, like, people will try to have as much diversity as possible. And then you get a lot of comedians in the comedy community that are upset, like, well, you should just book who's funniest. Like, the it's about, you know, the show being good, about the crowd having a good time. It shouldn't be about, you know, diversity. And I, I think that's kind of bullshit, you know? Like, I think you should book the best uh, of, e- you should book the funniest of each comic, right? That's for sure. Like, each type of race, each type of sexual um, orientation, each type of gender. You should book the funny. They should, the baseline is that they should be funny. You shouldn't book someone to fill a quota if they can't do the job, right? But what if, look, hypothetically, let's say, like, all the best comics, which this is actually kind of true, but most of the best comics are black comics, you know? Like, um, Dave Chappelle, Kevin Hart. I mean... Okay, let's not say Kevin Hart's the best comic, but like if you want to talk about like in terms like fame, notoriety, and shit, if you're gonna book a lineup where the people would be the most like happiest, it would be like Dave Chappelle, Kevin Hart, um, Chris Rock, right? Now, they're all black comics, right? So, what if you had a show with all black comics? Um, it could be a great show, obviously, especially if that's kind of what you're looking for. Like, let's say you're trying to look, you're just trying to go to like a, a black show, but if you're just like at a random, uh, comedy club, just watch some comedy and it's all black comics or all Asian comics. It's like, wouldn't you want some to hear something different? You know, it's like, there was one time I did an, like a comedy festival an an Asian comedy festival. And I went on the show, I went on towards the end and I was talking about like my mom being strict and like. Uh, hitting me for getting bad grades and you could tell the crowd was just like we we everyone else said the same shit you know it's like can we get a fucking white guy here to talk about his boat like jesus christ come on man hearing the same joke over and over again so it's like yeah you want some diversity is just like good like we all want different shit it's like if you go to a restaurant um let's say you're you know you usually get like uh, an entree and sides, right? So you get like a burger, then you get fries, and then you get a Coke. It's like a variety, you know? You wouldn't just have three cheeseburgers. I mean, you could, but like, I think most people like to have fries on the side. They like to have the Coke. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's a good analogy for affirmative action, but yeah, I don't know what the solution is. But yeah, it was funny because I was like trying that joke. I was doing that joke and like I got fucking completely called out. And I was just like, shit, I need to read the news more. That's one thing about like that's one thing you like I didn't know getting into comedy that I was gonna have to deal with. It's like you think you get into comedy, you're just gonna tell dick jokes, you're gonna have a good time, you're gonna kill, people are gonna love you, right? But there's so much that comes with being a comedian. Especially now in the social media age, like you, you gotta make clips, you gotta have a social media presence, you gotta um now now since um social media Everyone wants you to be self-made before they even bother getting involved with you. So you have to be your own. You got to be an entrepreneur, your own marketing person. I'm my own, my, I'm my own travel agent, my own booking agent, right? And then it's like you have to live a life, so you have to do all this shit. But as a comedian, you need to have relatable material, so you gotta go out and live life. You gotta hang out with friends. You gotta have experiences, like go do weird shit and have stories. Go go hang out with your girlfriend or your boyfriend, right? Your partner gender inclusive uh you know and now it's like now you got to keep up with the news right because you got to know what's going on what everyone's thinking and talking about it's like fuck man if i knew being a con i almost want to be an actor i feel like an actor 
You could just sit at home, jerk off all day, read cartoons, and then you just have a script. People just tell you what the fuck to say. But as a comedian, you need to be relatable. It's like, oh, who knew I chose the job that has the most fucking work attached to it? Fuck me, man. I really feel like I got fucked. Um, anyways, no, I love doing comedy. You guys know that. But yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one, man. And um, I don't know what this, the fix is. I definitely feel like the affirmative action was a good idea. Maybe you just got to do, you know, it's like everything in this country. Everyone wants it to be one way or the other, you know? It's like, fuck you, um, affirmative action or nothing, you know? It's like, maybe we can meet in the middle, you know? Maybe there can be some percentage that you accept and then, like, some percentage of merit-based, you know? There's got to be some... You know, people smarter than me can got to be able to figure this out, you know? You know, with a comedy show, too, it's like you should have some diversity, you know? I don't think you should fill every box, you know? Because, you know, what, what are we going to have? Like, we can't have 10 comedians every show, you know? But uh, if you go to a show and there's like five, usually a good show has like four or five comedians on a showcase doing 15 minutes each. Yeah, you should probably have the max, like two of the same type of person on the show, you know? Anyways, but the... You know, so I felt all embarrassed about not knowing what the hell was going on in the news. So I started looking up news articles and like trending topics. And um, I love doing that. I, I love it because um, the world is such a fucked up place. It does give you a lot of material. Did you guys see that lady on the plane who like ran off and she was like claiming there was like a an invisible, not real man that no one else could see on there? Um, she's kind of cute, right? So funny, I see all these people like screenshotting her, like, where is she? Where is she? I want to find her, you know? Fucking perverts. Yeah, you really you really see a, a good looking person freak out like that, you know? It's usually fucking weird looking people. Cause usually, you know, good looking people are self conscious about their looks and like how they're perceived, you know. So you know, I don't know, but she looked tweaked out, man. Like you, you watched the video, she really did look freaked out, you know? And it's so fucked up because like when you see someone that freaked out, you just automatically, automatically assume they're on bath salts or some shit, you know, that they're on drugs. But like, how do we know? Maybe she genuinely saw something or she was genuinely freaked out, you know? Um. So yeah, there's this lady, this, she, she gets, she's like, gets off the plane. She's screaming and shit about how she sees a not real man. And I don't know what the fuck she saw. Is she on drugs? I got no idea, right? Apparently... She left and just left the airport and like, I don't know, I guess no charges were pressed. Let me see if we can find uh, what happened to this lady. Because from last I heard, nothing happened to her. Plane. Shit. Let's see. Plane. Lady. Uh, Footage. Let's see. Let's, let's Google plane lady found. Maybe she wasn't real, right? That's why no one can find her. Okay. Woman deplaned from Dallas flight. No, I'll be in Dallas, by the way. November 3rd and 4th, Dallas Comedy Club. Get your tickets. Let's see. Rumors of viral American Airlines passenger disappearing leave the internet in frenzy. Um... Yeah, now she's... Okay, so apparently she's missing now? I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't know what the fuck. Okay, I don't know what the fuck um, happened to her, but there's a cons- this is why the internet stinks, and this is why the less time you spend on the internet, the better you are. Like, if you got to go on there for work, that's fine, but, like, man, I wish, I wish I could hire someone, or I, I, I guess there are apps that could do this, that just block out the bullshit, like the social media, and there's just the fucking garbage negativity, but now there's some theory that, she saw a dude on the plane. Apparently, he has like some hoodie on. There's like there's some you could see this. Find this online. This guy like closed his eyes sideways, and then she—that's what she was freaking out about. She saw a guy on the plane close his eyes sideways, and then she like got up and left. You know. And I I researched it a little bit, and apparently, like this is like a hoax. Like there's all these. Uh, pictures of a guy on there with like a green hoodie looking kind of shady, right? And it's like, you know, I see all these articles about how this is like a Photoshop photo. Like the, like the internet is just like full of shit, dude. I mean, you just don't know what's real. It's just so insane, right? This is why I hate people that like... So I I, I tweeted like a... I tweeted a joke about this um, deplaning thing. I don't even remember what the joke was. It was just, oh, here's a joke. So it's like... Her screaming to everyone like, you know, there's I see a man that's not real trying to convince everyone there's a man on the plane that no one else can see. It's like me trying to convince everyone that I have a future in comedy, right? It's like I'm going around like, guys, I swear I see it. I swear I see a future. I see money. I see fame. I see uh, a, a career. And then everyone's like, I don't I don't see it. I don't think it's happening. And I'm like, I'll fuck it. I'm getting off here. I'll, I'll, I swear to God, I don't give a shit, right? Um, is that funny? I did it on stage the other day for a crowd of six people and it laughed. They got, it, it did well, but I don't know if they were just laughing because out of awkwardness, but I, uh, I tweeted that or oh, I posted it on Facebook or something and some fucking animal. That's what I call people that write negative comments to me on social media animals. This animal wrote to me, get your facts straight, bro. Didn't you know that she saw a guy close his eyes sideways? Get your fucking facts straight before you start p- putting out shit. And I was like, get my facts straight? So let me get this straight. I'm making a fucking joke on something that's real. And you're saying, dude, she saw a demonic presence. She saw the vi- the villain in Men in Black on there. Didn't you know that? Get your fucking facts straight. It's like... Could you be, it just screams male feminist, right? This lady who's kind of attractive that he's never met in her life. He's just defending her blindly. Dude, she saw a fucking guy close his eyes sideways. What the fuck, bro? It's like, are you fucking stupid? Or do you believe in the devil? Like, how the fuck could you, like, I, oh, God, I hate the internet. I hate it. Can you believe that? Someone literally wrote that to me, you know? It's like, you know this guy just blindly defends every lady because he's he's just trying to get laid. You just know he's that type of person, you know? Fucking brutal. So, um, people, that's, that's what's out there, guys. That's why you can't take anything you see on the internet too seriously, you know? There are people that literally, like, they will defend someone that claims... They, they will defend someone that the internet claims saw a person close their eyes sideways. 
in a viral video. Unbelievable. So, um, another viral thing that happened was uh, Jonah Hill's ex-girlfriend tweeted a, a screenshot. Not tweeted. She posted in her Instagram story a screenshot of her fucking, uh, of Jonah Hill's text to her. And he was like saying all this crazy shit, like controlling shit to her. But like, like kind of passive aggressively. Let me see if I can pull up the messages because I think this is so fucking funny. Um, Jonah Hill text. Okay, here we go. Let's see if we can find it. There we go. So, so apparently Jonah Hill's dating like some surfer, right? Surfer girl. And he had a real issue with her posting pictures of her in a bikini, which is like, come on, man. It's like, if you get offended, if you don't like your girlfriend posting pictures, like bikini photos, don't date a fucking surfer, dude. You know, it's like dating a stripper and being like, can you stop dancing? Why are you always dancing with other guys? The fuck? You know? It's like if you're a surfer, you're probably spending 80% of your time in a bikini. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? And then um so here so here here's a screenshot of uh the text that he sent her. He wrote plain and simple. If you need and then he lists things surfing with men, boundaryless inappropriate friendships with men to model to post pictures of yourself in a bathing suit to post sexual pictures friendships with women who are in unstable places and from your wild recent past beyond getting a lunch or coffee or something respectful i am not the right partner for you if these things bring you a place of happiness i support it and there will be no hard feelings these are my boundaries for a romantic partnership my boundaries with you based on the ways these actions have hurt our trust. And then she screenshots it and writes, fuck skit. She wrote, she writes F-U-X-K it. I guess she doesn't want to get shadow banned on Instagram. Can you get shadow banned off a story? See the misuse of the term boundaries? Yeah. He really mis Yeah, this is these aren't boundaries, dude. This is like some really aggressive manipulation, control manipulation technique, you know? Let's just go through his demands. If you need to surf with men, she's a surfer, dude. So, you know, what, is she just gonna fucking go surf? And then if she sees a guy on there, she's gotta turn around with her fucking surfboard and go back home? Oh, there's men out there. I can't fucking I can't surf today. My boyfriend said I can't surf with men, so I can only be out there if it's all women. It's like, what the fuck, dude? What? And then he goes, if you need boundary, boundaryless, inappropriate friendships with men. What is bounder, boundaryless? Is, that's not even a word. Boundaryless? So with no boundaries, inappropriate friendships with men. What's a no boundary relate friendship? Like where you can just do whatever the fuck you want? I guess have sex? I mean, I kind of get that, I guess. Like you don't want to be friends with the op, you know, you don't want your partner to be friends with someone that might want to fuck him. I guess. So maybe that one I kind of get, but like, 
you didn't need boundaryless in there. You could have just wrote inappropriate friendship with with men. That that one I kind of get, you know. To model, if you need to model, it's like okay. So again, it's like if you have a problem with someone uh, modeling or whatever, taking photos of themselves, trying to look good. Um. I mean, yeah. If that, if that's, if you listen, everyone's got their thing, right? And uh, everyone's got what they uh, are willing to put up with and not put up with. And like, if you just don't like that, then you don't like that. Okay, so. Hmm. If you need to model. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, listen. If someone came up, like, if Shivani was like, "Hey, like, I don't, I don't need you to, uh, you know." be doing uh sets on Wednesday or whatever. I don't know. If she said that I'd be like okay, like w- Wednesday must be important to you and if that's like something you can't get over, then this is not going to work out, you know. So, you know, in a way it's like if 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 he doesn't like that and that like drives him nuts, then I guess I kind of get it. I don't want to go as far as be like that's controlling because like maybe it's just like, "Hey, I I just don't like that," right? But then obviously you can't expect someone to like acquiesce to your demand and then also like be completely happy, you know? So the next one is to post pictures of yourself in a bathing suit. See, this is where it gets a little weird. Like modeling is uh is different than posting pictures of yourselves in a bathing suit, you know? Um yeah, like that's just like girls do that, man. Guys do it too. We 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 like to show off our bodies, you know. I mean, that's that's the reason why you you fucking do crunches five times a week because you want to be able to put on that bathing suit and feel hot, and you want to show people, you know. And listen, I'm a I'm a, I'm a fucking social media a guy, you know. I I need engagement, and dude, if if I could post something. Where I looked hot, like a bathing suit photo, and I can get like a thousand likes just to boost my mood. I would fucking why not? What's wrong with that? You know, it's not like it's not like it's kind of weird though because some bathing suits really are lewd and skimpy. Lewd's not the right word, but like really, really, you know, some some are really you know sexy and hot. But then, like, if you posted yourself in lingerie, that was kind of like just as revealing. That would be, I guess, that would be too much in a weird way, you know, which doesn't make sense. It's the same amount of a skin showing but i guess lingerie is like inferred as like this is like what you wear when you want to bang right anyways so that's ridiculous post pictures of yourselves in bathing suit post sexual pictures again it's like what are we talking about sexual pictures like if it's just a bathing suit and it's hot like it's weird to ask someone to not do that you know but if it's you know a picture of her putting a banana in her mouth with whipped cream on her fucking cheeks that might be a problem. But still, it's like, if that's if you don't like that, you express it. And if they're like, well, I, I this is what I do, and you can't come to agreement, then it's got to be over. Um, friendships with women who are in unstable places and from your wild recent past beyond getting a lunch or coffee or something respectful. See, this is, this, this is where it gets really awful. Like, you know, or, bathing suit photos was bad. Boundaryless, inappropriate friendships was like a big flag. But then this friendships with women 
who are, it's like, it's so ridiculous. Friendships with women. So you can't have friends in unstable places. So that's, but that's subjective, you know? You're fucking Jonah Hill. Everyone else, everyone in the world is in an unstable environment compared to you. You're a fucking gajillionaire. You fucking are in goddamn huge movies. You're a star. You're a celebrity. Everyone is is a in an unstable environment. You know, I don't know where my next meal's coming. I don't know where the fuck if I can pay my rent next month. You know. So what is that? That's so subjective. You could say anyone's in an unstable environment or place from your wild recent past. Which she? I don't know who this girl is. Sarah? Isn't it Sarah Brand or something? Sarah Brady? Does she have a wild past? I I I don't know. What's wild past? To me, it sounds like 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 you know you ever hear someone be like in college I was fucking wild. That's what it sounds like to me, you know. Which really means like I got fucked up. I had some hookups. I had a good time. Not like oh yeah, I was like uh you know shooting people. I was like you know whatever. I had seven STDs. I was uh, doing meth. Like that that does. I don't think that's what wild past means here, you know. And then he goes, beyond getting a lunch or coffee or something respectful. Again, it's like, first you go getting lunch, which is like, that is the most hard, wait, oh, oh, beyond getting a lunch, coffee, okay. So yeah, he's going like, if it's beyond getting lunch, which is like, lunch is like, when when you go, you want to get lunch with someone that's of the opposite sex, you're basically saying like, this is a platonic hangout. You know what I mean? You don't. Fuck people that you... You don't get lunch with people you want to fuck. You, you want to get them at night at dinner. You know what I mean? Wine and dine them. Or coffee. goes lunch or coffee. So coffee, obviously, again, it's like... It could be work. It could be very casual. It could be very quick. And then he goes, or something respectful. So he goes from like... If it's outside of something platonic... Or something... Then he goes so broad where it's just like... Okay, again, it's like... You're leaving it up to interpretation, you know? That's like if I was telling, telling like, Shivani, like, um, if I was like, hey, I don't like you hanging out with, uh, with guys that are, you know, attract, like, too hot. And, uh, like, I don't like you hanging out with guys that are too hot that you've, like, or that you've, like, been with in the past or that's, like, over six feet tall. You know what I mean? Then it's, like, it's, like, you kind of go from, like, okay, okay, they're like, what the fuck, man, you know, so, for anyways, too, it's just like, if you're, if you're trying to tell someone you're with, like, hey, this is what I need you to fix in order to be in a relationship, and you have one, two, three, four, five, six, six things on your list, then just don't be with that fucking person, you obviously don't like them for them, you know, it's like, if there was six things I had wrong with Shivani, and I was like, you got to fix these or we can't be together, I'm like, I, I think I'm better off just finding someone else. You know what I mean? He goes, I am not the right partner for you. That's so fucked up. You know, he's using woke terms, to, you know, but he's still an asshole. The right partner. Just say boyfriend, you know? I'm not the, I'm not the right boyfriend for you. I'm not the guy for you. You know? It sounds, wor- he's trying to say this in like a, a woke way. I'm not the right partner for you. It's like, I would rather have you in your most Jersey douchebag way be like, I ain't the fucking guy for you, bitch, you know? 
If these things bring you place of happiness, I support it, and there will be no heart beating. No, you don't support it. If you supported it, you wouldn't have these fucking demands. Again, another passive aggressive. Like if if this is what you want to do, you know, and this makes you happy, then oh no, doing all for it. Who am I to judge you? It's like you are a fucking douche. And there will be no hard feelings. These are my boundaries for a romantic partnership. Again, partnership. It's just like, can we get over partnership? I get it. You know, if you're at work, it, 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 say partner, whatever. But like, if you're just talking, like this is. This is like your supposed girlfriend. You don't need to be woke with your girlfriend, you know? And also, if it's like, if you're trying to break up with someone, you don't need to use like partner boundaries. You know what I mean? I guess boundaries you can use, but like, I don't know. And then he goes, my boundaries with you based on the ways these actions have hurt our trust. That doesn't even make sense, that sentence. Again, it's just more, I read so I read an article that said, uh, this, he was um, weaponizing therapy words, which is so funny, you know, because people that do, people that go to therapy do kind of do that. I go to therapy. I'm I'm kind of guilty. Like I obviously I'm not guilty. I don't you know I'm not a what do you call it control freak or whatever. Like I don't have a list of things that Shivani needs to do for me to be with her. But it's like I get like weaponizing therapy talk, you know. It's like when you start going to therapy, you start talking about like your feelings and emotions. When you argue with your partner, you, you start using these just big, big fluffy words, you know, like, like my, um, I feel you, I hear you, I hear what you're saying, and now let me, let me explain my side, you know, but it's all the same shit, you know, if you're arguing with big fluffy woke therapy words, it's the same thing, you know, as going, fuck you, bitch. If you go, hey, you're just not like the partner. This partnership is not right. You're not the right person for me based off my needs from my fucked up childhood. You know, that's to me, that's a lot worse than being like, you know, you're a piece of shit. Get out of my house. You know, man, you think Joan Hill's canceled now? Like, I can't see him on his set now. Like, you know, all these like, you know. There's a lot of women out there, right? They're about 51% of the population. I mean, how is he going to be on a set? How is he going to get casted for... How is he going to meet with producers and directors now? With this out there, you know? With everyone knowing that he's a fucking control freak. This is like... It's so funny because like you never... You know, I think there is some kind of like stigma to like... Like obviously if you hit a woman... Or if you, you know, any type of physical abuse is the worst kind of abuse you can do, right? But this is like the first time I really see like someone being emotionally abusive and it's just as bad as like, like if he punched her in the face, that would be worse. If there was a video of him punching her in the face, that would be obviously worse. Like he would never work in Hollywood again. But this is pretty bad too, man. Like I don't think, I think he's going to have a hard time getting work. Let's see. Let me type in Jonah Hill canceled and see. It doesn't even come up on Google. See Jonah Hill canceled. Let's see. Pop topic three days ago. Jonah Hill canceled by X for having standards and boundaries. Hmm, That kind of sounds like a... Passive aggressive way to word that. 
Joan Hill called psychologically abusive and a controlling misogynist by ex-girlfriend for having standards and setting boundaries. Hmm. I mean, I can't read all this stuff, but oh. Oh, there's a picture of her here. Can you guys see this? Maybe I could just show it to you. Hold on. So, so I guess, is this one of the pictures that, that he's talking about? Hmm. I don't know, man. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's definitely a thirst trap. But again, it's like, it's just a picture, man, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like if Shivani posted something like that, I'd be like, whoa, what's this about? But then if she's like, oh, yeah, I just want to feel hot, you know, I'd be like, all right, I guess it just all comes down to if you're going to do something about it or if you're going to like, you know, use this to seek out potential people to, you know, cheat with. But. OK, I, I, I don't know. I see. <laughs> hmm. Um. So, so, so apparently someone questioning the validity of the abuse says, so he told her he does not want to be with her due to her lifestyle. And he literally told her he does not want to change her lifestyle if that makes her happy. But that's emotional abuse. Okay. Let's, let's think of it this way. So I'm going to try to use, see both sides here because I'm a, I'm a well-rounded, smart human being, okay? I'm not going to just join one side and fucking trash him. I'm not going to join the other side and fucking trash her, all right? I like to kind of be down the middle because there's nuance to everything. So I think it's pretty indisputable the way he words his fucking text um, are just cringy, you know? He's using these therapy words. He's uh, got a huge list of things that are like ridiculous, you know, to be to literally to be like for this guy that, you know, defended him being like, this is her lifestyle and he wants to change it. Like having having pictures in bikinis and having male friends is not a normal thing to not that that's a normal part of life. You know, that's like if someone was like, hey, James, like, um, don't you if Shivani was like. James, don't shit more than once a day, you know, or we got to break up. You know, it's like that's a part of life. Is that a good example? That's all I could think of off the top of my head. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm all fucked up right now. But yeah, it's like his demand. Some of his demand, his demand. It's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's bad, right? He looks bad, but um, you got to remember he's Jonah Hill, right? He's a major celebrity. I mean, I hear rumors that like Jonah Hill apparently like if you're not a celebrity he doesn't he won't talk to you like he sees non-celebrities as subpar human beings apparently that's that's what i've heard i don't know the guy obviously he wouldn't even want to know me because i'm not a celebrity but he's probably a bit kooky brained up there you know he's a big star he's been like a star his whole life he's probably not he's probably a bit of an ego maniac let's say right but I will say this, like, if these things do bother you and, like, for the, you can't be in a, like, you can't be happy in a relationship and with someone that does these things, and if you express that to them, 
and uh, they're not on board and you go your separate ways. I don't I don't think that's bad, you know. Now, I think the things he's upset about and his uh, requests are a little bit off base and a little bit wild. I definitely think that. And that's not normal, you know. It's like it's like it's like I said, it's like if Shivani was like, hey, James, like um, I don't want you to I don't know, like if we're going to be together, you can't drink coffee, you know. It's like, what the fuck? But if Shivani was like, yeah, I just can't be with someone that drinks coffee. And even if I'm like, what the fuck? That's crazy. And everyone else may think it's crazy. But if she just doesn't want to be with someone like that, then, you know, she just knows her boundaries. So it's like, it's a weird thing where like, I kind of get where he's coming from. It's like, I can't, I can't do that. I can't be in a relationship with someone like this. And he expresses it. So I kind of like, uh, I kind of get, get it like that. But then also it's like, dude, if these are your, if this, if these are the things you need in a relationship, you're gonna have a hard time finding someone, you know, that, that's, that's all I'm saying, but I get it, you know, so, and on her perspective, it's just like, I, it is, it is a bit fishy that you put it out there. I don't know. I mean, he's such a, he's a big star. I guess you do like I guess put, when someone's that level of fame, I guess even if you're just a normal person and you kind of experience some abuse like this, you do want to put it out there just as like a warning, you know? You don't want him to like get you don't want someone to date him and then 6 months in, 8 months in when they're catching feelings, this starts coming up and then like they're stuck in the relationship, you know? So I kind of get it. Again, you know, this is why I'm not famous. This is why I'm not a celebrity because I don't pick sides. I try to like healthily, healthily? That's not a word. Like boundaryless, boundaryless. I try to have good discussion and see both sides, you know? But if I picked a side on these things and I went on fucking Twitter and I screamed about it, I would probably be famous. But that's just not the type of person I am. So Joan Hill, you think we'll see him in the next 20, what is it, 23 Jump Street or 24 Jump Street? What, what, what number Jump Street are we on? Are we on 30 already? You think it's going to work again? It's tough, man, because Hollywood is such one of those like woke, um, super woke uh, things that something like this, I feel like, is enough to like really hurt him. Who knows, man? Someone will date him anyways. That's the thing, dude. It's like whenever like whenever stuff like this happens, you know, if it's not like R. Kelly level or like um, – who, who's the other guy that got fucked? Uh, Harvey Weinstein level type of shit or Epstein type of shit where it's like, no, you're, you're going to go to jail for the rest of your life type of shit. Like these kind of things. These guys are so rich, dude. They have so much money. If you can make money, you can make other people money. This is not going to mean much. This is going to be, he's going to be fine. He's going to be totally fine. You'll have a girlfriend in a couple weeks. And, um, you do question that person that gets in a relationship with him. It's like, okay, so you're not going to do bikini photos. You're not going to have pretty much any friendships with men. You're not going to have dinner with anyone else in the world besides Jonah Hill. It kind of sucks. Because if he's filming a movie, he's probably going to be gone for like three months at a time. So, yeah, I don't know. I would say this kind of this this coming out definitely would attract gold diggers. You know what I mean? Because you're basically being like, okay, if I do all these things and then I go up to Jonah Hill and blow him, maybe I can steal his money. You know what I'm talking about? 
No, I'm right. Anyways, all right, guys, where are we at? An hour and 11 minutes. Um, that's the podcast for today. Thanks for watching Kicking It With Camacho. Again, August 10th, Comic Strip Live, Thursday. Get your tickets to the special taping. Thank you again. Thank you again to everyone that came out and saw me in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, I love you, all 33 of you. It really, it's amazing. It really, uh, it touches me that it's just wild, man. It, it's, uh, it's like I'm, it's like I'm starting to see the fruits of my labor grow. Am I, am I saying that right? Um, and before we go, let me show you what I'm wearing today. Um, I am wearing this, I don't know what the fuck this is, Gap shirt, just whatever, Gap shirt. Um, I like these shirts, the shirts that have like the different color collars and the different color, uh sleeve thingies you know got a little matt rife action going on i'm wearing just generic uh gray shorts and on the toe on the toe i got the jordan one low og cements that came out not too long ago beautiful shoe super comfortable um super flexible and uh yeah that's that's pretty much it so guys again get your tickets to the special taping um, I, my, uh, restrictions have been released or lifted, whatever you want to call it on IG. So if you don't already go follow me on there, I am going to start posting, uh, a lot of reels and a lot of content, especially leading up to the taping to just get the word out there. I'm going to be posting like a fucking goddamn whore. So please go like it. So I don't get too bummed out because, uh, I don't know what happened, man. I was in with the algorithm and I am I, I, I am so far out, you know, like I couldn't be more. I'm like a fucking astronaut floating in orbit, like seven, like, like something happened on their mission and I've been flung down into the space and I'm just like this, you know, and earth is like 10 jillion miles away. And I'm just on my last fucking oxygen tank. That's how out of the algorithm I am now. So I got to kind of, I got to try to build it back up. I got to get some viral shit going on um, so I can build more fans and uh, get more get get out there more. But at the same time, I'm also trying to uh, entertain the people that fuck with me right now. And again, guys, uh, I love you. I really do. Um, it it uh, as from, you know, from someone that grew up with an immigrant Chinese mom who didn't, you know, say I love you a lot, didn't compliment me a lot, even when I worked hard and did everything I was told, and, you know, from a upbringing with a dad who never talked to me, um, is truly breathtaking um, that you guys, you know, people are buying tickets to see me, paying money, driving hours to see me, and um, I just hope that when you come see me, it's as good as you thought. Um Thank you so much, man, and uh, we, we keep building, and um, I told myself I wouldn't apologize at the end of these fucking podcasts, but I hope this wasn't too boring. I just basically babbled on for an hour, but that's the whole point. This is this is kicking it with Camacho. This is just a hang where you get to see most the most natural me, and um, I love you guys. Tell a friend, buy a ticket. Zaitin, adios.